Hello and welcome to the Old Time Radio Forever broadcast. I'm your host, Matt Perry. Join us weekly as we explore the golden era of American radio through the dramas, westerns, mysteries, and comedies that shaped the golden age. Be sure to give us a thumbs up or a five-star review on all of the podcast directories that you may use. Why, it's time for the Abbott and Costello Show. We're on the air for ABC here in Hollywood. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's go with the Abbott and Costello Show. It's the Abbott and Costello Show, produced and transcribed in Hollywood for your listening pleasure with Susan Miller and Matty Maldig's Orchestra. So hold on to your chairs, folks, for here they are, Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. Hey, will you stop that yelling? What is all that adhesive tape on your face for? I took Susan Miller to my neighborhood theater to see The Razor's Edge. I sat so close to the screen that Tyrone Power shaved me five times. <laughs> your neighborhood theater is just showing that old picture now? What do you expect for three cents? <laughs> oh, it was a small picture, though. It all takes place in a barbershop run by a rough guy named Dan. Dan? Yeah, Dan Drop. <laughs> Tyrone Power, a sharp young blade who's keen about Gene Tierney, every time he sees her, he works himself into a lather. But, but she strops him. She gives him the brush, it's no soap, and the rub comes in the end where he whiskers her away. And the moral of the story is no brush, no lather, no rubbing, no girl, no nothing, no joke, no money. <laughs> You never saw the picture, and furthermore, I'll bet when you went to school, you were a dumbbell, well, a yeah. dumb scout. That's all. Yeah. I had you know that I was a head and shoulders above everybody in my class. You were? Yes, I was 15 years older than any one of them. <laughs> I would like to see you in school, Luke. I was teacher's pet. Teacher's pet? Yes, we both got expelled the same day. Uh... There may be a housing shortage, but tonight, there may not be for some contestants on Go for the House. This is the exciting show heard every Wednesday night over most ABC stations on which contestants can win a beautiful new honeymoon house built on a suburban lot right in their own hometown. Each Wednesday night, MC John Reed King calls seven couples to the ABC microphone. These couples each select through a room of Honeymoon House to furnish and are given seven questions to answer. As they answer each question correctly, a prize of some home furnishing goes into the house. After the third question, they can take their prizes or go for the house. But to win the house, they must answer the special seventh question. Listeners also have an opportunity to win Honeymoon House. For complete details, don't miss Go for the House on the air tonight and every Wednesday night over most of these very same ABC stations. And now back to ABC's Abbott and Costello show. Hey, Abbott! <laughs> all right, all right. Come here, Costello. Who's that girl I saw you talking with? Huh? Who's that girl I saw you talking with? That girl was my school day sweetheart. Her and I used to hook rides on the ice wagon together. Every day we'd ride seven miles to school sitting on a big cake of ice. You, you rode seven miles sitting on a cake of ice? Yeah, we were the original dead-end kids. Uh... <laughs> oh, forget about her. By the way, uh, where did you get that bump on your nose? Well, Monday night I went over to Susan Miller's house and I brought her a package of bubble gum. We sat on the sofa and I had my arm around her and she was chewing a bubble gum. But how did you get the bump on your nose? How did I get the bump on my nose? Just as I leaned over to kiss her, she had a blow-up. <laughs> that must have gummed up your evening. 
Not only that, but I may have to have my nose vulcanized. <laughs> you talk sense. What happened? Susan dropped her bubble gum on the sofa and I sat in it. Brother, is that stuff sticky? Did it damage your clothes? No, but now I've got the only pair of pants in Hollywood with slip covers. <laughs> now, stop this silliness. Uh, you'd better be on your good behavior from now on because Susan Miller is moving into our boarding house today. She's taking the room directly above you, Lou. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Me in room 115 and Susan in 215. Abbott, will Susan be in that room all the time? Well, you know Susan. She goes in and out. Have you noticed that too, Abbott? <laughs> well, anyway, Abbott, you know what I say? I say that, uh... You better say something. I say that I'm lost, that's what I Oh, this is wonderful. The woman I love living right upstairs. Oh, stop, Costello. You're not in love with Susan. She's just a passing fancy. Yeah, but I wouldn't pass up anything that fancy. <laughs> Gee, but I hope she likes her room. Oh, she should like it. She gets bored with it. I'm glad to hear that, too, because after all... <laughs> what did you say? I, I said she should be happy she gets bored with the room. If she gets bored with the room, then why does she rent it in the first place? She's not bored with the room. She's very happy. You just told me that she gets bored with the room. That's right. One of us is nuts. How can a girl be happy when she's bored all the time? Look, she's not bored all the time. You know, she only gets bored three times a day. Where is she getting all that lumber? <laughs> I'm not talking about lumber. I'm talking about boards. Susan eats her board. Who feeds her all these boards? <laughs> a landlady. Susan made arrangements with the landlady to eat her board three times a day. Thirty days a month. I'm moving out of that place. Why? That Susan Miller is going to eat me out of house and home. <laughs> I'm just trying to tell you that Susan is very happy with her board and she likes her room. That room hasn't got a floor in it. There's a cute kid. Just rented the room today already. She ate the floor. <laughs> she did not eat the floor. I simply said there was no floor in the room. You could be mistaken, you know. Anybody that will eat boards three times a day is liable to eat the floor and the doors and the windows. Look, what are you getting so excited about? What business is it of yours, what she does with her room? I'll make it my business, brother. Her floor happens to be my ceiling. I don't mind you knocking the pops from under me every week, but I ain't going to let that Susan Miller eat the roof over my head. Because, <laughs> you annoy me. All I said was there is not a flaw in Susan's room. Just a second, Abbott. Have you have you been to Susan's room? I have. You opened up the door? Yes. You stepped into the room? I did. What did you step on? The floor. Ladies and gentlemen, this man has deliberately and with molasses up a thought been misinforming the public. I rest my case. All right, there's no There's no sense in getting yourself into a frenzy. A what? Frenzy, frenzy. I ain't making frenzies with nobody. Now, wait a minute. I'll try to explain by giving you an example. You, you have a floor in your room. The plaster is all cracked, so you have a floor in your ceiling. I got a floor in my ceiling? How do you like that? I've been living upside down for six years and didn't know it. I tell you, you're all mixed up. I'm trying to, I'm trying to tell you that Susan's room is perfect. It has no floor, and she's happy because she gets bored with the room. Here we go again. <laughs> the reason why she likes to get bored with the room is because she's hungry after a hard day at the studio. He rushes home and eats like a beaver. Now he's got her eating beaver board. <laughs> Costello, I don't know why I get into these arguments with you. We argue and fight, and it always ends up the same way. You're just plain stupid. I am not. I'm pretty smart. Costello, if you're smart, I'm a monkey's uncle. Well, I am smart. Now let me see you hang by your tail. Oh, Mr. Costello, Mr. Costello Yes, yes, oh, he's back again Every week the same thing Look, Norman, why don't you go out here and get yourself a job? Oh, I've got a job, Mr. Costello You see, I work in a domino factory I put the dots on the dominoes Why aren't you working now? This week we're making blanks <laughs> That's exactly what your chick's gonna look like Costello. Have you been studying your script for the uh, new scenes in our new picture, the new Sang's High? Well, I meant to tell you, Abbott, they're changing the script again, and the director's coming over here tonight to rehearse me in the new scenes. Ah, oh, there you are, Costello. I've got the script here for the retakes on the new Sang's High. Now, you're going to run through it right now. In this scene, 
you'll play opposite the gorgeous, glamorous Lauren Bacall. Stand by, folks. There's good news tonight. <laughs> so you, you like Lauren Bacall, eh? Like her. There's a girl that has got this and that and them and those, and if you want anything else, just whistle. <laughs> Very good. I'm glad you like her, Costello, because in this scene, you and Lauren Bacall are seated in a canoe, drifting lazily down the stream. She's sitting in the bow, and you're sitting in the stern. She's in the bow, and I'm in the stern. That's right. You couldn't make that a rowboat and get both of us in the back seat. <laughs> Quiet, Costello. Now, as you sit there in the stern of the canoe, paddling along, she looks at you. And her eyes seem to say, Come to me, Costello. Come to me, my love. Is that what her eyes say? Yes. And why don't I drop that darn paddle and come to her? No, 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 Costello, you ignore her. You keep paddling. You need the exercise. Yeah, but I need the exercise, but this could lead to ulcers. <laughs> you're playing hard to get. After all, you're a city slicker. City slicker. I'm a village idiot. That's what I am. Oh. Quiet, Castle. Please pay attention to the director. Well, then, Costello, a strange feeling commences to creep over you. You're seated in that canoe all alone with Lauren Bacall. You get a feeling that you can't sit still for another minute. A feeling that you must rise to your feet. It's those cane bottom canoe seats. They'll do it every time. <laughs> The seats have nothing to do with of it. Of course not. Now, Costello, you look forward at gorgeous Lauren Bacall. You look forward, and there she is in all her tempting glory. You can't stand the suspense any longer. Slowly you begin to inch your way forward, inch by inch. Inch by inch? Foot by foot. Foot by foot? Yard by yard. Get me up there, will you? I've only got this boat rented for an hour. <laughs> Possible, Mr. Rabbit. I can't. I can't rehearse with this man. He's too nervous. He should see a doctor about his nerves. You should see a doctor about your face. What's the matter with my face? It talks too much. <laughs> now, while the boys are backstage cooking up the next act, let's eavesdrop on this. When someone with a secret microphone comes in contact with an unsuspecting individual with human reactions, the result is Candid Microphone, a Thursday night program that's rapidly capturing the interest of ABC listeners everywhere. Candid Microphone is a program that tests people's honest reactions in various situations. And what they say or do is secretly recorded by a man with a concealed mic. For instance, he may ask a strange girl in the park for a date. And when she answers him, she answers candidly, not knowing she's being recorded. Or the man with the mic may record the conversation of a man in a restaurant who suddenly finds he's left his wallet in the proverbial other suit and can't pay his check. But whatever is secretly recorded does not go on the air until the man with the mic has received the full permission of the person or persons recorded. Don't miss Candid Microphone tomorrow night over most of these same ABC stations. And now, back to ABC's Abbott and Costello Show. Hurry up, Costello. We're on in just a second. That's right, Abbott, but here's a small place to show off Susan Miller. Let's get her to sing a song. Okay, Costello. Ladies and gentlemen... Here's our singing star, Susan Miller, with the music of Maddie Malnick. Picture me upon the knee with teeth for two and two for two. Can't you see how happy we will be? Nobody near us. Friends or 
Yes, mother, the color is on bloom again. Costello, what are you doing? Rehearsing the scene for the picture. I'm acting. I'm acting. What an actor I am, Abbott. If my mother hadn't cut off my curls when I was little, I'd have been another Shirley Temple. <laughs> well, you got all our silly acting. <laughs> and you don't need to worry anymore about the picture. They're not going to change it. However, I have some news for you, Lou, but I don't know. I really don't know how to tell you this, Costello. But your country has called you. You mean I've been drafted again? No, 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 you dummy. You're about to receive a great honor. Listen to this telegram that just came for you. It's from Mayor DeVita of Patterson, New Jersey. Uh, Dear Lou, you have been chosen to represent Patterson, New Jersey at the next meeting of the UNO. I have? Yes. You've heard of the UNO, haven't you? Oh, I hear about it every time I try to make a date with a girl. What do you mean? Every time I ask a girl for a date, she looks at me and says, You? And no. <laughs> you know, the, the UNO is an organization of all the nations of the world. Costello, a great honor has been conferred on you. You will serve your country as a diplomat. You will be a, a statesman, an official of the government, a man who mingles with royalty. I'm going to be all that? That's right. Abbott, you may kiss my hand. No. Oh. I don't know why the mayor of Patterson ever chose you. Hey, Uncle Bud. Uncle Bud, I just saw a messenger boy just leave here. Was that telegram for me? No, no, it was for you. It was for Costello. A great honor has fallen on Costello. He has been chosen Patterson's delegate to the UNO. That's right, Norman. I'm going back there and spread goodwill. Well, you certainly got the spread for it. <laughs> no, 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 Norman. You'll have to treat you'll have to treat Costello with more respect from now on. Remember, he's going to be a diplomat. That's jokes with gestures. <laughs> yes, just wait till I get to Europe. They need me over there. That continent has gone back to the horse and buggy days. I'm the only guy that can fix it. Horse and buggy days? What are you talking about? Well, somebody is horsing around over there and driving a whole world buggy. <laughs> But I don't know why they picked Costello as a diplomat. I'm the boy for the job. Why, everybody says I look just like Anthony Eden. You look more like haven't Eden. <laughs> Costello, Costello's right, Norman. You could stand some weight. If you gained a little weight, you wouldn't be so lazy. Uncle Bud, I'm just full of energy. Can I help it if I haven't got the strength to use it? <laughs> Norman, we should be proud of Costello. He's going back to Patterson to mix with all the masters of diplomacy. Yes, I'm going to be a mix master. <laughs> I'll show them guys how to stir up things. Well, am I interrupting anything, boy? Why, it's a singing star, Susan Miller. <laughs> Susan, have you heard the news? Costello is to be Patterson's delegate to the UNO. Oh, Costello. What a diplomat you make. You're so robust, so manly, so muscular. Muscular. <laughs> Susan, I'm Atlas. Hercules. 
Samson and Joe Lewis and gorgeous George all rolled into one. You are? And it's awful crowded. <laughs> I'm so proud of you, Costello. I'm going to give you a kiss. A kiss for good luck. Now, put your arms around me. There. Like this. Gee, Susan, when I get close to you like this, something inside me seems to melt. It does? I've got to quit carrying that butter around in my money belt. <laughs> well, come on, Costello. Beta Rings is the finest tailor in town to outfit you for your trip to the UNLB. Well, I'll see you later, Costello. And as they say in Spanish, mañana o ama. She is to you. And your mama's old army shoes do you too. I love you, I love you, I love you. Ah, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, sir. Costello, this is the tailor, Mr. Sharkskin. Are you ready to measure Costello? <laughs> Why, yes, it'll be a pleasure to make a suit for him. What a bill, what broad shoulders, narrow hips and long tapering legs. This is me over here. You're measuring the water cooler. <laughs> Mr. Sharkskin, this is Costello. He's the man that's having the fit. Really? Does he always swell up like that? <laughs> Sharkskin, one more crack like that over you, and I'll cut you on the bias and pull down your hems. <laughs> Mr. Sharkskin, do you have anything that'll fit Costello? I think so. Here, Mr. Costello, slip into this coat. That's it. There. How's that? Now, ain't that coat a little long? I can't see my shoes. Oh, do you, do you plan on wearing shoes? <laughs> Don't be so fussy, Costello. <laughs> what that coat needs is a, a little more padding in the shoulders, that's all. A little more? You'd better take some of the padding out. Every time I raise my arm, the shoulders push my hat off. <laughs> Costello, you won't be able to wear those pink socks with that outfit. Those are not pink socks. My shorts drag a little. <laughs> Sharkskin, make the necessary alterations and send the suit to Costello's house. Fine. Good day, gentlemen. Costello, you're leaving for Patterson tonight. We've got uh, we've got a lot of things to do. What, for instance? Well, Costello, you'll meet all kinds of nationalities at that UNO meeting, and you'll have to converse with all of them. That won't be hard for me, Abbott. I even speak Chinese. Let me hear you say something in Chinese. Okay. Feature starts at 1 o'clock, smoking in the balcony, prices change at 6. What kind of Chinese is that? Grauman's Chinese. <laughs> you simpleton. French is the diplomatic language, and you've got to learn it. I'm taking you to Madame Fifi's French language school. Monsieur Costello, when you arrive at the meeting, the French delegate, he will bid you welcome and he will say, Oh, bonjour, monsieur, que je suis enchanté de faire votre connaissance parce que vous êtes le plus bel homme du monde. And then the delegate, he will kiss you like this. Do you mind now if I can have my own script back? Thank you. You walk in here, you don't even shut the door. Madam Fifi. You will have to forgive me. I have a very, very poor memory. Would you mind running through that again a little slower? The French delegate, he will bid you welcome like this. Now, pay attention, monsieur. He will bid you welcome like this. And he will say to you, Ah, oh, monsieur, je suis enchanté de faire votre connaissance parce que vous êtes le plus bel homme du monde. You see? And then he will kiss you like this. Uh, 
do me a favor, will you? What? Run over and pick up my suit. I may have to stay after school. I think I need more lessons. <laughs> you know, if you stay here and take another lesson, you, you may miss the plane. Yeah, but if I take another lesson, I won't need the plane. I'll fly to Patterson by myself. <laughs> Come, Madam Fifi, let us study. Fact to remember, you're an important delegate to the UNO, and it's one of the requirements of a delegate to know all about history. I know all about history, Abbott. You do. I bet you don't even know who George Washington married. George Washington married Salome. <laughs> yeah, dummy, Washington and Salome lived thousands of years apart. What's the difference as long as they love each other? I... <laughs> Sense. Now, Costello, now, in diplomatic circles, they give a lot of banquets. And you've got to watch your table manners. Now, if you're not sure what fork uh, to use, wait until the hostess has picked up her fork, and then you use the same one. Nothing doing, Abbott. I tried that once. I waited to use the same fork the hostess used, and by the time she got through with it, there was no more food left on the table. You tell me I'm talking about the silverware they use at a banquet. Oh. As a rule, there are several different types of forks yeah. set aside uh, beside your plate. Naturally. 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 You're telling me. I went to a bank once, and there was 15 knives, forks, and spoons set aside beside each plate. What beautiful silverware. Uh, I, I'd like to have seen it. Remind me to show it to you sometime. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind that. Now, uh, when you get to the meeting, and you are introduced to the other delegates' wives, remember to curtsy. Remember to what? Curtsy. Curtsy like this. That's a curtsy? Yes. I couldn't curse. I've got too much starchy in my shorty. <laughs> you are. Oh, I give up. Come on. Our plane leaves for Patterson in a few minutes. Now we've got to. We've got to get to the airport. You're going to be at the UNO meeting. Come on. The UNO convention will now come to order. Gentlemen, this is a great year for the UNO, the Undertaker's National Organization. <laughs> uh, Secretary Toombs, are all the bodies, uh, I mean, are all the members present? All but the stiff, uh, uh, but he's due here any minute to delegate from Patterson, huh? Greetings and salutations, gentlemen. I'm Patterson's delegate to the UNO. And it's mighty quiet in here. Let's get the jump joint, joint jumping. Just pull up a slab and sit down. Brother Grave, dig that boy. A lovely thought, Brother Toombs. A lovely thought. Just a minute. Is this the peace conference? Yes, my boy. We have peace here. As a matter of fact, that's the slogan of our organization. Rest in peace. <laughs> and now, Mr. Toombs, place the lily in Mr. Costello's lapel, and let's get on with the meeting. Just a second. There must be some mistake. I was looking for the UNO. There is no mistake. This is the UNO, the Undertaker's National Convention. Is there anything else you wish to say? Yes, just two words. What are they? And that's not quite all, folks. Stick around a minute and the boys will be back for a curtain call. Good news spreads fast. And it's good news that the Star Theater, featuring singer Gordon McRae, songstress Evelyn Knight, and Victor Young's orchestra, is on the air every Wednesday night over most of these same ABC stations. And what a combination of tip-top talent that means. A lilting 30 minutes of melody. Gordon McRae is a man who has a special way with a song. And he'll be singing the most popular songs of the day. Evelyn Knight, the last of the delicate air, also has a special way with a song, especially with a folk ballad. But that's not all. Victor Young's orchestra, the Jeff Alexander Chorus, are also on hand each Wednesday night to add to the entertainment. So for a gale of time, plan to join us when the Star Theater, featuring Gordon McRae, Evelyn Knight, Victor Young's orchestra, and the Jeff Alexander Chorus, is heard every Wednesday night. And that means tonight over most of these same ABC stations. Music. 
And now back for a final word from ABC's Abbott and Costello Show. Costello, it's too bad that we made that trip all the way back to Patterson for nothing. Oh, that's all right, Abbott. I just as well... I'll get it, Abbott. Hello. Oh, hello. Uncle Mike? What? Aunt May? Congratulations. At 7 o'clock tonight? When did it happen? Right on Maplewood Avenue? My, my. How many? Three? Well, hold everything. I'll, I'll be right there. Goodbye. My, my, how many? Three? Well, hold everything, I'll, I'll be right there. Goodbye. C-A-M-E-L-S. That's right, folks. C for comedy, A for Abbott, M for Maxwell, E for Ennis, for Lou Costello. Put them all together and they spell camel. Experience is the best teacher. Try a camel. Let your own experience tell you why more people are smoking camels than ever before. And draw up a chair for tonight's camel show starring Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. Listen to me, what are you writing on that pad? Hey, Abbott, what are you writing on that pad? I'm just making out a list of girls I'm going to kiss next week. Here's who I got picked out. Lizzie Schwartz, Maggie Mugglemeyer, Tessington Foyle, Lana Turner... Now, wait a minute. Lana Turner wouldn't kiss you. Oh, no? Oh, no. Then I'll scratch her off my list. I love you. You dummy, always thinking of girls. Girls, girls, girls. A great men don't waste their time on girls. Where do you suppose Benjamin Franklin would have been if he'd have thought of girls all of the time? In the front row at Earl Carroll's? No, no, no. <laughs> Costello, I've been telling you for the past three weeks. You've got to quit chasing girls and get yourself a job. Look at Look how sloppy you are. Look at your socks. I can't help my socks, Abbott. It's those new Hickok plastic garters. What's the matter with them? Your stock socks stay up, but your legs fall down. Yeah. Luke Costello. Here, boy. Out of the way, fatso. I'm looking for Luke Costello. Boy, he is Luke Costello. The famous Luke Costello. The one and only Luke Costello. That's me. Gee, I listen to you on the radio every Thursday night. You break me up when you say, how do you do? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That ain't me. That's the mad Russian. You're saying? (laughs) Who's going to take this telegram? I'll take it. it. It's collect. Fourteen dollars. He'll He'll take take it. it. Don't give it to me. Here, boy. Hey, Costello. This telegram is from Joe DiMaggio. Listen to this. Dear Lou, as you know, I am recovering from a foot operation. I would appreciate you taking my place... Appreciate you taking my place on the New York Yankees until I recover. Please report to the Yankee Stadium immediately. Signed, Joe DiMaggio. Have it. Hey, that's one of those. That's the news I've been waiting for. I'm going to be a big league ball player. Yes. DiMaggio probably heard about my playing with the Cucamonga Wildcats last year. You a ball player? I don't believe it, Costello. You know nothing about ball. Oh, no, I eat baseball. I live baseball. All night when I'm asleep, I dream about baseball. Don't you ever dream about girls? What, and miss my turn up at bat? Oh! Yes. And another thing, Abbott. What page are you on? Never mind what page you're on. Another thing, Abbott. Not only that, in Patterson, New Jersey, I worked out with a baseball team. I used to stay out till 4 o'clock in the morning. Why did you stay out till 4 o'clock in the morning? This was a girl's baseball team. Costello, <laughs> if you're going to play with the New York Yankees, yeah, you really have to know something about big league baseball, Lou. I know all about baseball. All right, suppose there's a left-handed pitcher pitching. What do you do? I put in a right-handed batter. Now, suppose there's a right-handed pitcher pitching. I put in a left-handed batter. But now I trick you. I take out the right-handed pitcher and put in a left-handed pitcher. Then I double-cross you. I take out my left-handed batter and put in a right-handed batter. Now, wait a minute. Where are you getting all those right-handed batters? The same place where you're getting all those left-handed pitchers. Oh, 
Bud. Hello, <laughs> Lewis, honey. It's, uh, it's Marilyn Maxwell. <laughs> Hello, Marilyn. I've got great news. I'm going to play ball with the New York Yankees. I'm taking you along as a pitcher. Oh, now, Costello, Marilyn Maxwell can't pitch. Oh, no? You should see all the guys she struck out that were trying to get the first base. Ah, no. <laughs> This kid has got some nice curves. Oh, Lewis, you're so sweet. But I do hope you be careful. You know, big league baseball is a very dangerous game. Oh, what's dangerous about baseball, Marilyn? Well, I read in the paper this morning that in the opening game in Boston, five players died on base. <laughs> Marilyn, you don't seem to know much about baseball. Let me show you how to play indoor baseball. First, I put my left arm around your waist. Then I snuggle my head on your shoulder like this. Then I press my cheek against your cheek. Oh, wait a minute, Costello. That's not the way to play indoor baseball. How do you like that? Every season, new rules. <laughs> well, uh, goodbye and good luck, Lewis. I just know you'll become famous for those New York Yankees. Marilyn's is right, Thank Costello. You, this is Thank your you. chance to become famous. Now, you've got a good job as a baseball player. And you might find your proper niche in life. Yes, I might. I mean, after all, if I find my... What will I find? A niche, a niche. You'll find your niche. Habit. When I find an itch, I scratch it. Now, <laughs> what in the world are you talking about? An itch. I once had the seven-year itch. What happened? I scratched real fast and got rid of it in three and a half years. <laughs> I'm not talking about that kind of an itch. I mean an itch in life. An itch in life is what everyone is looking for. Anyone who is successful has found an itch. Well, if that's the case, I know an Airedale that is doing very well. <laughs> Listen to me, Costello. When I say an itch, I don't mean an itch like you have when you have an itch. I mean an itch like you have when you have a notch. Oh, you don't mean an itch like an itch when you have an itch. You mean an itch like you have when you have a notch. Now you've got it. Now I've got it. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Costello, <laughs> why do you mash everything up like that? You're the most mixed up man I ever saw. Well, maybe it's because I fell on my mother's mix master this morning. She had it set for mashed potatoes. Oh. <laughs> trying to tell you is that a niche is a notch. Catch? Notch. Notch. All right. Now, you know that a niche is a notch. Uh, you know that both of them are the same. Yes. Now, I could have a notch and you could have a niche. Yes. Niche to me and notch to you. Yeah. I'm only trying to impress you the importance of being a big, big league ball player and having a good income. Did you ever draw a nice big fat salary? No, I never drew a fat salary, but I once sketched a skinny tomato. No, 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 no. So when I say draw, I don't mean draw like you draw when you draw. I mean draw like you draw when you draw a salary. Have it. Let me smell your breath. Mm-hmm. Just as I thought. You've drawn one too many already. <laughs> you listen to me, please. When I say you draw a salary, I mean you draw money. Now he's got me drawing money. Wait till the FBI finds out about this. I'll probably draw 20 years in a clink. And they don't feed you any salary in there, either. Costello. When I say you draw money, I mean you draw like you draw money to spend it. Not, not like when you draw on an easel. That's what I always say. With money, it's easel come, easel go. No, no. Everybody draws money. I draw money. I've been drawing money for years. My brother draws money. He's been drawing money for years. You draw, and your brother draws? Certainly. Just as I thought. You and your brother are an old pair of drawers. <laughs> is the best teacher. It happened shortly after the end of the war. Two cigarettes glow in the dusk on the veranda of a country house as a man and woman are chatting. The woman remarks, Robert, you've changed your cigarette brand. This is a camel. I can tell without even looking. Yes, I have changed my brand. You know how we smoked whatever cigarettes we could get during the war? Don't I? Yes, I must have tried all the brands during that shortage. That's when I found I liked camels best. And weren't you right? Yes, experience is the best teacher. During the wartime shortage, people smoked whatever cigarettes they could get. It was this experience that taught millions the differences in cigarette quality. As smokers tried cigarette after cigarette on their T-zones, that's tea for taste and tea for throat, it was Camel's rich, full flavor and cool mildness that stood out from all the others. The result? Today, more people smoke camels than ever before. Experience is the best teacher. Try a camel. And while you light up a camel, here's Skinny Ennis with Linda. When I go to sleep, I never can see 
I'd carol the charms about Linda. Lately it seems, in all of my dreams, I walk with my arms about Linda. But what good does it do me? For Linda doesn't know I exist. Can't help feeling gloomy. Think of all the loving I've missed. We pass on the street. My heart skips a beat. I say to myself, hello, Linda. If only she'd smile, I'd stop her a while. And then I would get to know Linda. But miracles still happen. And when my lucky star begins to shine. With one lucky break, I'll make Linda I say to myself, hello, Linda. If only she'd smile, I'd stop her a while, and then I would get to know Linda. But miracles still happen, and when my lucky star begins to shine, with one lucky breath, I'll make Linda ball player, you've got to get yourself in shape. Now, from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m., you lift weights. From 9 to 10, deep knee bends. 10 to 11, skip rope. 11 to 12, run five miles. 12 to 1, I'll never make it. Hey, look. <laughs> you idiot, you'll never be a ball player. Staying up late and going to nightclubs, eating rich food, running around with beautiful girls. Do you know what can happen to you? Yes, I can become manager of the Brooklyn Dodgers. I... <laughs> I don't even know why DiMaggio picked you. You don't even know how to swing a bat. I know all about swinging bats. When I was a kid, my father used to hit me with a baseball bat. My brother used to hit me with a baseball bat. My Uncle Artie Stebbins used to hit me with a baseball bat. And my mother used to hit me with a tennis racket. With a tennis racket? Yes, she didn't like baseball. <laughs> well, well, it's Gilly Ennis. Hey, Costello. I heard about you taking uh, Joe DiMaggio's place for the New York Yankees. That's right. You know, I used to pitch for the Hollywood Stars. And boy, I'll never forget my last game. There were five men on base. Oh, no, wait a minute. Five men on base. Now, that's impossible. Did you ever see the Hollywood stars play? (laughs) Ennis, I've seen the Hollywood stars, and I don't remember you. Oh, I've changed a lot since then. I had the biggest buck teeth you ever saw. I was the only man on the team that could slide in second base and spike you from either end. (laughs) Well, so long, Fatso. So long, Skinny. So long. Hey, you know that skinny would make an ugly skeleton? All right. <laughs> don't waste time with him. Now, you've got to get ready for the open game. Yes, I think we're going to play the Cleveland Indians. Cleveland Indians, eh? Uh-huh. Feller pitching? Certainly there's a feller pitching. <laughs> Who do you think they'd use a girl? Oh, I, I know they don't use a girl. I said feller pitching. What feller? Feller with the Cleveland Indians. Look, Abbott, there's nine guys on the Cleveland team. Now, which feller are you talking about? Feller that pitches. There is only one feller with Cleveland. You mean nine Yankees are going to play against one fellow? That's right. You mean there's no fellows in the outfield? No. And there's no fellows in the infield? No. Cleveland only has one feller. Well, this fellow must be pretty good if, if they don't, he don't need any other players but himself. Look, all the players will be out there helping him. You just said there was only one feller on the team. That's right. Then where did all them other fellers come from? Oh, you idiot. When I say there's only one feller on the team, I mean there is only one feller that pitches. Well, Abbott, when the manager of the team wants this pitcher, what does he call him? Feller. You mean he just hollers, hey, Feller! And this guy knows that they mean him? That's right. <laughs> His name is Feller, Feller, Bob Feller. And when I say there is only one Feller on the team that pitches, that's it. And the Feller that pitches is Feller. There's only the other Fellers on the team, uh, but there's uh, only one Feller. Boy, are you mixed up. <laughs> 
Oh, you mean the fellow that pitches is fellow. And there's other fellows on the team, but they're not fellows? Now you grasp it. Yes, I grasp it, but it keeps slipping out of my hand. <laughs> Let's go into this sporting goods store and get your baseball equipment. I want you to look right for the opening game. Now, go ahead and ask that lady there where they keep the baseball uniforms. Now, pardon me, miss. Well, if it isn't Mr. Albert. Hello. And Mr. Costello. Hello. You fought, little mon, you. <laughs> what are you doing in the sporting goods store, miss? Oh, I just soaked in to get a gift for my nephew. I'm buying him a boss ball. Ball. Boss ball? <laughs> Abbott, you know what a boss ball is? That's what the poocher throws to the coocher. <laughs> and the booter tries to boot a home run. <laughs> my, uh, my nephew is just a local chope, but his ambition is to be a Brooklyn doger coacher. Well, if he's only a little guy, why don't he join the deep troot tugers and be a short stoop? <laughs> Going. As we say in Chinese, if you're going hot suey, I'm pushing to you. And a dish of gooey chop suey and a push to your too. Hey, look at this. This is the sales for now. Oh, good morning, boys. As Johnny Weissmeller said to Buster Crab, what dive did you come out of? <laughs> well, my friend and I are here to get some baseball equipment. Uh, I'd like to see a baseball uniform that would fit Costello. So would I. <laughs> Look, as Adam said to Eve, quit ribbing me. <laughs> However, I'll do the best I can. We'll start with the spiked shoes. What size do you wear? Eight. Oh, let me see. I've only got one pair left, and they're size five. Maybe you can squeeze into them, Costello. Go ahead and try. Okay. <laughs> what do you know? Open-toed baseball shoes. <laughs> Now for the uniform. My, you're certainly a pudgy little rascal, aren't you? <laughs> aren't you overweight? I'm about 120 pounds overweight, but I'm going back to my normal weight. Yes, that's normal. 60 pounds overweight. <laughs> Gosh, Sally, you should really go on a diet. Yeah, of course you know what a diet is, don't you? Oh, sure. That's where you can eat all you want of everything you don't like. <laughs> Young man, if you really want to reduce, why don't you exercise with a couple of dumbbells? Okay, I'm ready whenever you and Abbott are. All right, <laughs> Your baseball equipment. Mister, do you have any bats? Oh, certainly. Here's a fine bat. Autographed by Slaughter of the Cardinals. This bat was made for Slaughter. Ain't you got one that was made for baseball? <laughs> when he says Slaughter, he means Slaughter the baseball player. Slaughter the baseball player? With that bat, you could slaughter anybody. <laughs> no, no, Costello. I'm talking about Slaughter. Everybody knows Slaughter. He knows Slaughter. Well, maybe he knows Slaughter, but I don't know. Uh, Everybody knows Slaughter, the baseball player. Slaughter is the man's last name. What's his first name? He knows. Now, there's a clever guy. He knows his first name. Oh, well, forget about the bat. Look, mister, do you have a baseball cap that will fit Costello's head? What size pencil sharpener does he wear? Yeah. Oh, oh, a baseball cap. Oh, yes, here's a dandy. This is the kind fellow wears. What fellow? The fellow with the Cleveland Indians. There's nine players with the Cleveland Indians. Which fellow are you talking about? Oh, young man, when I say fellow with the Cleveland Indians, I am only referring to one fellow. The fellow that pitches with the Cleveland Indians. When you say the fellow with the Cleveland Indians, you're only referring to one fellow. The fellow that pitches for the Cleveland Indians. Yes. As Orville said to Wilbur, you're right. Well, <laughs> Oh, forget about him, Custer. Hey, wait a minute. I've got an idea. Mrs. Wetwash's late husband used to be a big league ba ball player. Now, he was a home run king, in other words. Now, maybe she'll give you one of his bats for good luck. Let's go over to her house and ask her. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll go right over now, huh? You're right, Abbott. As John Adams said to Henry Wadsworth Longfellow... How do you like that? I forgot what John Adams said to Henry Wadsworth Good morning, Mrs. Wetwash. Oh, hello, Mr. Abbott. Oh, my, you know you ought to muzzle that St. Bernard dog. <laughs> oh, pardon me, it's Costello. <laughs> Tell me, Costello, how are things in Gawker, moron? <laughs> Mrs. Wetwash, I wish you hadn't said that. I was just telling Abbott, your face reminds me of a rose. Oh, really? An American beauty rose? No, a rhinoceros. <laughs> 
Mrs. Wetwash, Costello's leaving for New York to join uh, Joe DiMaggio's place. Take Joe's place. Isn't that wonderful? He's going to play with the Yanks. Oh, I can't believe it. Yes? What do those big Yanks form with a little jerk like him? <laughs> Mrs. Wetwash, that was an insult. I'll have you know that beautiful women find me irresistible. <laughs> I don't find you irresistible. And I don't find you beautiful. Quiet, <laughs> Costello. Ask her for those baseball bats her husband left her. Okay. Mrs. Whitwash, I understand when your husband was alive, he had a lot of old bats. That's a lie. He never went out with anybody but me. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Costello means your husband's uh, baseball bats. You yes. see, he thought you might give him one of them. Yes. That's right, Mrs. Whitwash. You see, I need a good bat. Oh, you need a good bat. Now, I'll be glad to help you out. Can I have the bat right now? Right now! lovely Marilyn Maxwell for Metro Golden Mayor, producers of The Sea of Grass. For camel fans everywhere in honor of New Orleans Jazz Week, Marilyn sings for the first time on the air the title song of the picture, New Orleans. You know what it means to miss New Orleans And miss it each night and day I know I'm not wrong The feeling's getting stronger The longer I stay away It's the most covered vines Tall sugar pines where mockingbirds used to sing, and I'd like to see the lazy Mississippi a hurrying in to spring. The moonlight on the bayou. independent research organizations asked this question of 113,597 doctors. What cigarette do you smoke, doctor? The brand name most was Camel. Now, you probably enjoy rich, full flavor and cool mildness in a cigarette just as much as doctors do. And that's why, if you're not a Camel smoker now, try a Camel on your T-zone. That's T for taste and T for throat. Your true proving ground for any cigarette. See if Camel's rich flavor of superbly blended choice tobaccos isn't extra delightful to your taste. See if Camel's cool mildness isn't in harmony with your throat. See if you, too, don't say Camel's suit my T-zone to a T. Well, Costello, I'm going to New York with you. You know, Bucky Harris, the Yanks manager, gave me a job as coach for as long as you're on the team. Look at it. If you're a coach, you must know all the players. I certainly do. Well, you know, I, mean, I never met the guys, so you'll have to tell me their names, and then I'll know who's playing on the team. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you their names, but you know, strange it may seem, they give these ball players nowadays very peculiar names. You mean funny names? Strange names, pet names, like Dizzy Dean and... His brother Daffy. Daffy Dean. And their French cousin. French. Gouffet. Gouffet Dean. Oh, I see. <laughs> well, let's see, we have on the bags, we have who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. That's what I want to find I out. I say, who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. Are you the manager? Yes. You're going to be the coach, too? Yes. And you know the fellow's name? Oh, I should. Well, then who's on first? Yes. I mean the fellow's name. Who? The guy on first. Who? The first base. Who? The guy playing first. Who is on first? I'm asking you who's on first. That's the man's name. That's whose name? Yes. Well, go ahead and tell me. That's it. That's who? Yes. 
first baseman? Certainly. Who's playing first? That's right. When you pay off the first baseman every month, who gets the money? Every dollar of it. <laughs> All I'm trying to find out is the fellow's name on first base. Who? The guy that gets the That's money. That's it. Who gets the money on he first base? He does, every dollar. Sometimes his wife comes down and collects it. Who's wife? Yes. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Look, what I want to know is when you sign up the first baseman, how does he sign his name to the Who? contract? The guy. Who? How does he sign his That's name? That's how he signs it. Who? Yes. <laughs> All I'm trying to find out is what's the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? One base at a time. Well, I'm not changing nobody. Take it easy, buddy. I'm only asking you who's the guy on first base? That's right. Okay. All right. <laughs> No, so what is on second? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? I don't know. Oh, he's on third. We're not talking about him. <laughs> how did I get on third base? Why, you mentioned his name. If I mention a third baseman's name, who did I say is playing third? No, who's playing first? What's on first? What's on second? I don't know. He's on third. There I go. Back on third. <laughs> oh, now, who's playing third base? Why do you insist on putting who on third base? What am I putting on third? Oh, what is on second? You don't want who on second. Who is on first? I don't know. Third, third base! Look, <laughs> oh, you got outfield? Sure. The left fielder's name. Why? I just thought I'd ask. Well, I just thought I'd tell you. Now, tell me who's playing left field. Who is playing first? I'm not saying on any infield. <laughs> I want to know what's the guy's name in left field. No, what is on second? I'm not asking you who's on who's second. Who's on first? I don't know. Third, third base! <laughs> cigarettes sent a total of more than 150 million free camels to our fighting men overseas. Now free camels are sent to servicemen's hospitals instead. This week the camels go to Veterans Hospital, Fort Lyon, Colorado, USAF Station Hospital, Davis Monthan Field, Tucson, Arizona, U.S. Naval Hospital, Quantico, Virginia, U.S. Marine Hospital, Baltimore, Maryland, and Veterans Hospital, Palo Alto, California. Camel broadcasts go out to the United States three times a week. Are rebroadcast to practically every area in the world where men are still stationed and to our good neighbors in Central and South America. And now back to Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. Uh, what is that, Lou, you've got in your hand there? Another telegram? Hey, Abbott, look, I just got a telegram from Joe DiMaggio. Well, go ahead and read it. Okay. Dear Lou, just heard your show. I think you have the makings of the world's greatest natural ball player. You have spiked teeth, a club head, and you've been off your base for years. Good night, <laughs> good night folks. Good night, everybody, and a special good night to Joe DiMaggio. Get well quick, Joe. when Costello is going to build himself a new prefabricated house. You can imagine the trouble he'll get at you. I don't know whether it'll be a one-story house or a two-story house, but anyway, that's another story.
Burns Albert Pipe Appeal. They're one and the same thing. Any tobacco burns, makes smoke, but where else can you find the tobacco that has the pipe appeal of Prince Albert? The coolness, mildness, the rich, full flavor. Prince Albert is specially treated to ensure against tongue bite. Crim cut to smoke slow and cool. So pack your pipe with Mellow Ridge PA. Enjoy Pipe Appeal with Prince Albert. And while we're speaking of enjoying yourself, be sure to tune in on Grand Ole Opry on NBC Saturday night. You all know and love the songs of America, but this week you have something extra special in store for you. Red Foley and his gusts, Ernest Tubb and Roy Acuff. Grand Ole Opry, Saturday night on NBC. Be sure to tune in next week for another great Abbott and Costello show brought to you by Camel Cigarettes. And remember, experience is the best teacher. Try a Camel. Let your own experience tell you why more people are smoking Camels than ever before. C-A-M-P-L-S Abbott and Costello's famous baseball routine, Who's On First, is now available at Phonograph Records. This is Michael Roy in Hollywood wishing you all a pleasant good night for Camel. For more information on hundreds of cassette... For more information on hundreds of cassette...